Welcome to Purifying Truths with A Star. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We're so glad to have you with us. Today, we're going to do things a little bit different. As I am a podcast host, we have a radio personality with us. Take it away. Introduce yourself, please. Great dawning, great afternoon, great evening, wherever you are. I am Tayasha Montez. If you've heard me on the radio, you hear me say, Three A's, one I, one S, one H, one T. Mix it all up. You got them labor pain screams. Ah, shh. She in the building. <laughs> and I say it that way so people can remember how to pronounce it. Like, it's Ty Asha. Give you a little peep sigh of relief. Yes, yes. Well, welcome. Super excited to have you on Purifying Truths today. There's so many things that we could talk about. My goodness, my goodness. Let's talk a little bit about you and your passion. First off, A-Star, thank you for having me on your podcast. When I first heard of Purifying Truths, I was like, okay, yeah, I've been going through a lot of that. (laughs) (laughs) So um, my passion is really self-expression and freedom. I believe that we all have innate gifts that were given to us and that we have the right duty and ability to express them. And when we walk in our purpose and we walk in our gifts, we enlighten others and open them up to their purpose and gifts and remind them that we're all connected to the creator of source or source God, whatever you want to call it. I try not to offend anybody. But I believe that we're all connected and I believe that we all can make a living doing what we love. We don't have to be subjected to uh, being on someone else's time frame all the time, but we do need to respect each other's time. So I'm here. Thank you for inviting me. And that is what I'm passionate about. For real is just self-expression and freedom. Since I met you and since I, I have listened to your podcast and Uh, For those of you who don't know, the lovely A-Star invited me to co-host a Meet the Author event. And it has reignited my passion for other people. Like when I was in marketing in my 20s, I was in college and I actually worked in an advertising agency, marketing advertising agency. And I would meet with people and listen to them talk about their passion, what they wanted to do. And I could tell who really had passion behind what they wanted. And I love to sit there, especially from beginning to end create their logo, create all their collateral, create the ad campaigns, the entire strategy, the business plan, because it was just something about seeing people moving on purpose and with passion. One thing I have learned, though, is uh, my passion sometimes gets used against me because I get so you know, excited and I want to help and I want to do that I'm focused mm-hmm. on others before focusing on myself. Mm. So that's one of those purifying truths. That's been coming to me just this this past week. And I usually don't say week. I study with some people who studied law of time and they say the words are spells and they say heptad, which is a seven plasma or day period. Uh, or I say strong. My mother-in-law, she says strong. So, you know, we want to be strong and not weak or in the days. But mm-hmm. during this past week, it's been coming down to me like, hey, you are putting too much time and energy into other people's passions. What about your own? Wow, that's powerful and thought-provoking. We all have to look in the mirror and find out what our strengths and weaknesses are because we can tweak both. 
We can make those weak areas strong. And those areas where we're strong, we can find the weaknesses in our strength. So I appreciate you bringing that up and sharing your passion with us. What would you say for that person that says, I have several passions and how do they decipher what they're going to work on when and how? Most people will tell you, you know, the old saying, jack of all trades, master of none. Mm. But that saying is longer. So it's interesting because I used to be told you can't do everything. You're going to multitask your, yourself off a cliff. And <laughs> I would be upset. Like, why can't I do it all? I love to sing. I love to dance. I love to draw. I love to paint. Why can't I do it all? But they were really stressing the importance of focus and discipline and mastering one skill at a time before you move on to the next learning how to have those skills complement each other. I would say for me, it was what came the easiest first. Mm -hmm. And that's what I built myself upon. So I learned to read at a very young age. Reading was very easy for me. Writing was my voice because I was raised in a time when children were seen and not heard. And you did Mm -hmm. as you told and you didn't question anything. So reading and writing was like my introduction and uh, my first job, I think I was a newspaper delivery girl. And then, I, you know, how I think all of our first job is home ec, you know, cooking and cleaning. Mm-hmm. But newspaper delivery and then in a department store and then as a receptionist. And coming from the family I come from that stresses education, we had to get good grades. You got $10 for A, $5 for B, and nothing for anything lower than that. Mm-hmm. So education, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a farmer. But my first actual job was as a receptionist. And I learned at 15 years old that I had a knack for connecting with people, for greeting people, for holding space for people. And then from there, I went into um, computers. My granddad gave me my first computer. So once I learned that, it was just like a no brainer. I was an administrative assistant. I was a secretary at 18. And then when I got Mm. into my uh, studies, I was actually studying international business. But the uh, program shifted and they put me um, in business administration. When I was, got to the marketing classes, one of my professors, she said, well, you are a model. You paint murals in people's houses. You do this, you do that. You're a marketer. Why aren't you a marketing major? So that's when I switched over to marketing. And, and now, of course, um, you know, but some people don't know, my love is medicine in a sense or natural healing. And it's funny because someone said the other day, well, all healers, most healers don't tell people they're healers. And I said, well, I'm not the healer. Healing is an inside job. All Mm -hmm. I do is support you through your healing. Mm -hmm. And I do that, you know, with simple things like, you know, I vend, but I'm also on the radio. So when I vend, it's T-shirts and waist beads and soap and incense, just simple things that make you feel good and remind you to connect with yourself. But I also now have art supplies and have people sit down and paint with me, sit down and write with me, just things that facilitate reconnection with self. I love it. I absolutely love it. When you said that you were about self-expression and freedom, that opened up a gateway. Like, what's she talking about? What type (laughs) of freedom? But now you've explained it and you've opened up how you help others, not just by enlightening and encouraging them, such as you have been doing with me and many in my audience, but opening up and showing others how to love themselves, how to release how to use writing and reading and art as therapy. And that's so important because in the world that we live in, we get over 
everything. You get overly tired, overly stressed, overly worked, you name it. There's so much out there grasping for your attention that when it comes time to take care of you, you usually leave that part out or you put that on the back burner. So I love that you are helping others put themselves first. Get those thoughts out. Don't let them ruminate in your mind. Put them on paper. And with that being said, we know that you love to read and write. Explain a little bit about God moments. What is that? (laughs) Okay. So I know this is a a lighthearted, loving show, but I have to give a little bit of my purifying truth, right? Mm -hmm. As a young young woman uh, growing up in the environment I grew up in, I had a great relationship with God. My mother kept us in church. We went to church six days a week, apostolic church, Episcopal church, seven-day Adventist church. I got a well-rounded impression of God. Mm-hmm. Came to Georgia and married a Muslim. So I've always was connected to people who had different religious beliefs. What was actually happening in my environment, to me, it made me feel like there was no God. And I reached a stage in my life as a teenager where I said, you know, there can't be a God if I'm going through this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to go through what I went through anymore. So I made some trigger warning um, decisions that I didn't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And I made attempts towards that several times from 18 to 30. So the God moments now being in my 40s, I am able to look back and see all the times that God has kept me. And one of our dear friends, author Latifah Bryant, that's really what triggered God moments. When, mm-hmm. when we met, the question she asked me on a regular basis is what kept you? And I'm the type of person whose mind typically goes towards the negative and I want to complain first. So mm-hmm. when I'm speaking about situations or issues that are in my environment, she'll say, hey, what kept you? And that stops me in the middle of that session and makes me realign myself with God. You know, the old saying is like, how you doing, baby? I'm yet holding on. Well, you keep on keeping on, baby. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I always tell people I'm yet holding on. Mm-hmm. There's always something to keep me here. So for those who are out there suffering with mental imbalance, what they call mental health or whatever. Mm-hmm. My diagnosis was severe depression at 18, PTSD and anxiety in my 20s and 30s. And mm-hmm. then either bipolar schizophrenia or bipolar schizoaffective disorder uh, just in the last two years. And so understanding myself and especially bipolar schizoaffective disorder is a mood disorder that comes with an imbalanced sleeping habit, imbalanced eating habits. It's not so much hearing voices until you've gotten to that point of allowing your body to be depleted so much. Mm -hmm. And just learning what I've learned about medicine over the years, I literally started paying attention to those moments when God is there. And it could be something as simple as a yellow butterfly outside or hearing Mm -hmm. my children play or, you know, the neighbor. But it's not always something monetary and tangible that you can, can actually see and touch it's those moments with my friends like you who remind me Mm -hmm. hey you are a gift to this world and you don't have anything to be ashamed of we've all made choices that may have led us down a path that was something other than what we desired but at Mm -hmm. the end we got the lessons the l's are not losses they're lessons that bring us the blessings and bring us closer to god i love the l's are not losses but lessons i too point out many, many, many God moments. And I love that you take the time out to appreciate them, to recognize them. 
we pass them off. We act as though they're meaningless or they're nothing. We overlook them as we're being so busy in this thing we call life. When you're talking about mental illness, I'm going to touch on that just briefly. For those that have any type of stigma or idea in your head of what it is to have a mental illness, I beg of you to erase it. Not everyone that has a mental illness is non-functioning in society. And not everyone that is functioning in society doesn't have a mental illness. (laughs) So let's be very careful how we judge, who we judge. Let's just not be judgmental. With all of that being said, don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. Get help. If you need help, get help. If you stepped on a nail, you would go and get that nail removed and get it taken care of so that you're not going to get infected. Do the same thing with your mind. Even though you may not feel that physical pain, the mind can also get bruised, hurt. And if you don't fix it, it can get worse. So please get help. Check on your, as our friend says, check on your strong friends because just because it looks like everyone have it together doesn't mean that everything's together. Please tell us, what are you doing to grow these God moments? Because I'm trying to pull out of you what's going on. Tell us a little deeper what you're doing with the God moments. God moments is a movement. It's Mm. a book, but it's also a community under multiple know me as Can I Help You Heal? Mm C-A-N-N-A. I don't say can I. It's can a book, can a journal, can a poem, can a song, can a dance, can whatever help you heal. Mm. Moments is part of that can I help you heal movement. I'm watching it transform because I've had so many conversations with mothers and even children, the sons of of mothers. Mm -hmm. So God moments is also God mom entities because as mothers, we put the matter on things. Okay, Mm -hmm. our babies incubate within us for 280 days, 260 days, roughly, you know, nine to 10 months. And we're the first ones to interact with them. We're the first ones to interact with their nervous system. So Mm. I try to say mental wholeness because it's not an illness. It's just that there's an imbalance. It's Mm -hmm. there's more attention on one area than another. They say if you're depressed, then you're focused on the past. If you're anxious, you're focused on the future. So it's about being present in the now moment and feeling whole and feeling balanced and acknowledging and accepting without judgment with whatever you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. been amazing that the mothers coming to me and they say, let's work together and help our people understand that they are free and they are safe. <laughs> yes. Yes. And there's so many things that will take us back. And when I say things, I'm talking about triggers that will take us back to the past. And many times we revisit it over and over and over. That's what I was speaking about when I was saying those ruminating thoughts. But if we could just be present, what's going on right now? The past is gone. Let it go. The future isn't promised. Plan for it, but let's not become anxious over it and focus on right now. And that's what I do. And that's why I write. You help many authors in various different ways. Let's talk a little bit about why you do it and what motivated you or inspired you to start. 
what motivated me is talking to people. There's some people I'm, I've met that are elders in my community that I'm still upset that I have not sat down with them to write their book. I don't know how I became an editor, honestly. I think a friend of mine had a poetry book and was like, hey, can you edit this for me? And that started it. Like, that was the very first book I edited. So you edit, but you also like to write. And I like to focus on that because, you know, I too like to write. I heard you say stories and speaking with people. Does that inspire you to put them like maybe characters in your book or you're actually interested in telling their story? I'm more interested in telling their story. Mm. One of the best books I ever edited, and and it's interesting because I edit with energy, you know, so if something doesn't really appeal to my energy, I won't do it. Mm -hmm. But there was one book that I edited and it was like perfect. This man, he said, I want it to be a movie. And when the book ended, I wanted another book. I wanted to know the the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I tell him to this day, I'm like, that's the best book I ever edited. You know, he never came back to me because he was like, well, you said uh, this section was a bit long and convoluted. I'm like, it was, but it was great. <laughs> you know, that's how movies go if you're reading it with mm-hmm. the movie mindset. So um, definitely, sometimes people do end up as characters in my stories. That's kind of how God Moments came because it's just sitting here talking to people and it's the conversation that happens as it happens. And a lot of times people say, oh, you should have been recording that. So now I just record mm-hmm. everything and, and find those moments of like, wow. You know, it's like when you think of something and you hear it come on the radio or, you know, mm-hmm. someone walks in the room singing whatever song you have in your head. Those are the God moments that, again, remind us that we're connected. We are connected as far as Myself, I go with Together We Shine Brighter, meaning that it takes more than one. We can't venture through this world, this journey of life alone. It's pointless for us to get to the top, wherever that is for us, alone. I do not believe it is meant for only a group or a select few to make it. So as we're on our journey, I believe that we have two hands so that we can help, help others come up. And then there's someone for us to hold on to, to help us up. I truly believe it takes a village, that it takes a community. Please explain when you say we're all connected, what that means to you. (laughs) It's interesting because so many times we'll meet a person and there may be something in the way they're, they look, the way they're dressed, their facial expression, their body language that instantly offends us or mm-hmm. instantly gives us a strong visceral reaction and we don't know mm-hmm. why. And then when we talk to the person, sometimes what comes out of their mouth is totally different than the image we built to them. Mm-hmm. And these images we build are based on our experiences, whatever triggers we have. And the goal is for us to remember when someone else triggers us that they're just a reflection of us. They're a reflection of either a part of ourselves that we don't like or a visceral reaction to an experience we had, not that particular person. And Mm -hmm. I can give you an example. So I once taught French to some like elementary school, middle school students. And there was one girl, her face just agitated me. And I'm like, why are you allowing this girl's countenance to bother you? 
And she ended up being the best student, like the one who knew the most and did all her homework. And I literally stopped myself in the middle of these types of thoughts or these type of emotional reactions and say, hey, what is this trigger? And what is it about this particular person or situation that's triggering me? Everything. And I don't want to be all definitive to everybody because people have the right to believe what they believe. But I believe there are five elements. And I believe that everything is made up of those five elements, just in different combinations. Mm-hmm. You know, a stone is, is more earth than it is space. <laughs> so when you begin to look at everything, the plants, the animals, other people, as a reflection of yourself and yourself as a reflection of God, then you begin to take off the blinders of the triggers, the blinders of the fears, the blinders of the limitations, the blinders of lack, whatever programming your nervous system got throughout your life. Mm -hmm. That's super powerful because we walk around with blinders on, sometimes purposely, and sometimes we're unaware. And we can call it blinders, we can call it a mask, we can call it whatever, but there's always something that we don't want to deal with. But when you take that off, you find that freedom. You find that whatever you are afraid of, you can conquer that fear. Whatever it is that you are hiding from, it's okay. You can change it. But first you have to reveal yourself, take off the mask, take off the blinders. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where when you remove the blinders, you wondered why you didn't do this sooner? Absolutely. Absolutely. The last two years, it has been a difficult time for a lot of people. For mm-hmm. me, it was a time of awakening. It was a time when my rose-colored childlike glasses had to come off. And mm. for me to see, hey, you've made a bunch of choices that have caused harm to other people, that have caused emotional harm to other people. Now, you've got to get yourself together and go fix what you've done. But before I could do that, I had to learn to regulate my emotions. And I'm like, why nobody teach me this? But unfortunately, so many of our parents and so many people are focused on surviving instead of thriving. Mm -hmm. We're focused on food, clothing, and shelter, finances, health, and relationships. But we're focused on it in a manner that typically is more focused on lack, what's not happening, what we're not getting, versus being focused on love. Love has been sold to us as a romantic notion when, like you said, it takes a community, it takes a village, and that is what is truly love versus everybody keeping their head down and trying to just stay out of the way and make their living. Mm-hmm. You brought up the point of being self-accountable, knowing that there's times that we've made choices that are not so good. There's times that we've made choices that we're very proud of, and we have to accept both. When you come across someone who is focused on what they've done wrong, what the past have done, and they find themselves that they can't get out of that that pit or that well of depression, of despair, what advice would you have for them? Because you've been there. You have been there. That person that, that blames God, society, themselves. What can they do to turn that around? And I guess we could start by what you did 
and then give advice, please. I found people who were doing what I wanted to do, who mm-hmm. were living the life I wanted to live. I said a very specific prayer. I asked God to allow me to be around people that could support me and that I could support. Mm-hmm. And that went from cleaning up my neighborhood to neighborhood association meetings to chapter meetings of other businesses where poets spoke. And, and, and I was in the room with people who introduced themselves and I was like, oh, I'm just a mom. And they're like, no, you're not just a mom. So that was the first step. I sought out people who uh, could help me. One of the, the women in the room was reading a poem and that poem now is a book and a program for a bunch of young women across the country to learn social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. And so that was one. And I sought out life coaches. I sought out teachers of all kinds. That's one thing. God will bring you what you need. You don't have to look for it. If you just mm-hmm. speak it out of your mouth, words or spells, that's why it's called spelling. If you speak it out of your mouth and you write it down, make it plain, it will come. And so the things that I wanted started showing up. Even I know you guys say, well, AI is listening and it popped up in your Facebook feed. I don't care. Uh, You know, consciousness based school popped up in my feed and I went and applied and I got in. Just what I learned in the time that I was there brought me to that self-awareness. One of my coaches gave me a chart called power versus force. When we stand in our power at the top of the chart is bliss. They say only like one or 3% of the people in the world reach bliss. And then below that is love and then joy and there's levels. So each one is like a thousand, you know, it's a thousand, you go down 900, 800, 700. Well, the lowest emotions are down there near force, right? When we're trying to force things. And so those emotions are guilt, blame, and shame. And those are the emotions that are closest to death. When you hit the mid range, you have courage, you have hope. That's when people can start to find their way out of. So once I saw this chart and I learned, okay, you down here in guilt, blame, and shame, you're down here. These are the emotions closest to the energy of death. Do you mm-hmm. want to stay there? It, it's, it's a self-talk. It really is. I had to learn how to speak to myself differently, how to deal with my emotions differently, how to understand that, hey, this anger that comes up, this rage that comes up, that's just fear. That's just a little girl afraid of getting lost or the little girl that feels unheard. Oh, hey, this sadness over here, that's just something you had no control over as a child. And what you think happened to hurt you happened to make you strong enough to be here now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what keeps me. Ooh, I got tingles. That I'm here now. And so nothing happened to me. Everything happened for me. A lot of people don't want to hear that when they're going through it. They're like, man, I need money. I need this. You just need to change your mindset on what's going on in your life right now. Because Mm -hmm. once you change your mindset on what's going on in your life, you acknowledge and you accept your emotions without judgment. The blockages will automatically fall away. The support you need will automatically come to you. When your creativity opens up, creative ways come to you. It's to get out of whatever situation it is. Mm-hmm. And there's power, there's life and death in our words, in the tongue. When you're speaking to yourself, you personally, what would you say to change that process? Oh, it sucks. Oh, 
I don't want to answer whoever's calling. That's going to be bad news. Or I don't feel like going to work today because I'm going to interact with this person or whatever is going on that may not be positive. How do you turn that around and speak to yourself in a way that you're able to face those things? Mm. That takes a lot of processing work. I spend a lot of time processing things and reviewing it. Um, I'm going to kind of shift it just a little bit. I, I, You know me, so you know I talk about my mother a lot. Um, I had to start again with that mindset. So for example, it used to be knowing I'm going to speak to my mother. I know if I say this, she's going to say that. And it's going to mm-hmm. make me feel like this. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I said, well, no one owns my feelings but me. So if I want to say what I want to say to get my point across, there's, there's a part of me that started looking at other possibilities. Like, well, what if she doesn't say that? Or if she does say this thing that makes you feel this way, how can you not feel that way? Well, then you understand, well, maybe she's just saying this from the perspective of her experience and not towards you directly. Mm-hmm. So then I looked at my life like, okay, things are happening from this experience for me, not to me, to to destroy me. So even in my self-talk, there's days that I'm harsh, like, hey, Ty, get your A word up and do what you got to do. But there's another young lady I listen to. Again, I listen to a lot of people I call master healing educators. They're mastering their healing so that they can educate others on how to do the same. Mm-hmm. And one of the young ladies I listen to, she has a Monday night motivation. And she said, Speak sweetly to yourself. Speak sweetly to your fears. Speak sweetly to your doubts. So when I even find myself in my head, because someone else brought it up to me, to my attention in 2010, I made a mistake at work. I forgot to do something. And I was like, oh, man, I can't believe I forgot to do that. That was so stupid. And, and I just, I guess I kept going on and on about it all day. And she stopped me. And this girl was probably 10 years younger than me. And she said, who talked to you like that? Wow. Who talked to you like that? And so mm-hmm. that's when I had to learn to correct my self-talk. And a lot of times when I had negative self-talk in my head, it was the ones who were closest to me in my life. What I've learned now is sometimes our parents say things and they're not saying it to hurt us, but we receive it as hurt. So mm-hmm. when you grow up and you become a parent and then you look at yourself saying these things, it's like, oh, OK, yeah, I get it now. So just, again, replaying these situations. And I have teachers that teach you to go into the past, to go into those situations and change how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. You're definitely in control of your emotions. You're definitely in control of your responses, even though others may purposely or not purposely trigger things in you to cause you to have certain feelings. You change your perspective where it's not me, me, me. You include the other person or persons in it. You know, what happened to them that they treat me like this? Uh, It's not my problem. And then to be able to separate yourself from it so that you can make that pivot and enjoy even the interaction. Go past that and not focus on their problem because really their problem isn't our business unless they've requested us to be in it. Many times we take on bags and burdens that don't belong to us. Mm. I find that when I'm evaluating myself and 
if an interaction did not go the way that I expected it to go? Number one, were my expectations too high? Mm -hmm. Number two, if I had that to do again, would I respond and react the same way? And number three, why? Why didn't it go the way I wanted to? Why did it have a positive or negative outcome? And what's the other person's perspective? And many times I'll ask if it's something that wasn't what I expected. I thought this was going to be the end result. Why are we here? And it's nothing wrong with working through it because again, it takes a community. While you're getting answers for yourself, you too are helping others get answers for themselves. And that's what it's all about, being able to express yourself freely. What is next for you? What else besides these God moments are you working on? I am so excited to be where I am right now because I'm reminded that I'm exactly where I need to be. I am in the community of Atlanta vending at different events under their licenses. So I am able to do that. I've done it once a year for about the past four years. It looks like it's something I'm going to do regularly now. I am uh, working with you, of course, and hopefully we'll be hosting more Meet the Author events. In fact, I've gone back to all of the authors I've worked with in the past on their editing projects and said, hey, you need to check out this clubhouse over here. Yes. um, I'm on the radio on Detroit910amtalk.com. This is 910amtalk.com, but there's two Detroit 910am. One is a broadcast radio station and one is an internet radio station. However, the internet radio station is the one I'm on. It has over 8,000 listeners and it's run by a man named Les Little. He's been in the radio industry for about as long as I've been alive. So it's an honor to sit at his feet and to learn what he knows. I haven't been on the show as often lately. When you said this is a radio personality, I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess. I'm an on-air personality, whatever air that is. If it's broadcast, if it's internet, you know. Um, so I'm working with him. But I'm on, you know, he says when I'm not there, he's like, I'll just tell him your own location. You know, and I, I kind of am. I, I get to take, have that freedom to take time for my mental wholeness. I'm also on a show that's from about 1.15 to 4.15 on Tuesdays and Thursdays called Industry versus independent music or independent versus industry music. They, we say indie versus, in, you know, industry, but it switches up because there's other shows with that name. But it's on AMP, a beta app by Amazon. So if you have an Amazon account, you can literally just log in and listen to the show there, which is more music than talk. But we do go down memory lane, telling stories of when we met different artists. And the host of the show is Kayoda Alamoroti. He is a a member of the band Invisible Tongues. He's also a solo artist. That has turned into a podcast and to some consulting. So I also do consulting work. So I'm a little bit of everywhere. Um. And I'm very happy about it right now because during those two years, I wasn't able to work. And I had been working since I was a child. So I felt very weird not being able to provide for myself. So now having these opportunities to do what I love thank Coach Swan Simpson for even giving me the opportunity to be on radio. What's next for me is the continuation of that freedom of expression, the continuation of using my voice, um, publishing God moments. I'm looking 
forward to just allowing myself to express my different forms of art and just being present in those moments and those experiences. Wow. Well, we're looking forward to seeing more of you, hearing more of you. For those that would like to connect with you, follow you, stay up to par on things that you're doing, how can they connect? My Instagram at Can I Help You Heal, it has the most up-to-date information, C-A-N-N-A-H-E-L-P-Y-O-U. H-E-A-L. They can also follow hashtag God Moments, the book. When I first did the hashtag, it was just God Moments because there wasn't any other God Moments out there, but that hashtag blew up. So it's just now God Moments, the book, hashtag Master Healing Educator, hashtag Can I Help You Heal, hashtag Can I Help You Write. So those are the easiest ways. You may find my personal Instagram page, but I'm going to tell you if you've never met me in real life, I will not be accepting you. (laughs) indeed indeed understood some things have to be private well it has been a pleasure having you on purifying truths you are shining bright and making this world a better place i so personally appreciate you please follow 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 connect and interact she is a goddess in that which she does thank you for joining us on purifying truths Thank you, A-Star, for having me. You keep shining as well. My pleasure. Indeed, together we shine brighter. Thank you so much for tuning in to Purifying Truths with A-Star. You too can connect with A-Star on Facebook and Instagram at Facets of A-Star. Join Purifying Truths every Saturday for exciting new guests who illuminate the world. Shine bright.